welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Um, so I'm excited to be here, really, really am. I want to share a message today um, uh, called God Through You. God Through You. For thousands of years, God has been using willing people as vessels to flow through and accomplish His purposes here on earth. For example, about 150 years ago-ish, there was a preacher in the old west of America, and he used to go and, and pastor people on horseback. He used to go and, and uh, from homestead to homestead and pastor them, and, um, and he actually trained his horse in a, in a very unique way where everyone else would say, you know, giddy up for the horse to go. He, he trained it to say, you know, praise the Lord. So when he said praise the Lord, it's like giddy up. And when he said, you know, when the horse stops, everyone goes, whoa. But he, he, he trained the horse and said, amen. So when they said, amen, the horse stopped. When he said, praise the Lord, the horse went, rather than giddy up and whoa, you know. Anyway, so he, he went on his rounds one day and he was actually, he came to the water, you know, the water, he stopped here for lunch. So he, he's riding his horse. He said, you know, amen. The horse stopped, gets off his horse, has his lunch, gets back on his horse and he says, Praise the Lord, and off the horse goes again. He's excited and going. And, and, and next minute, a, a, a little snake, you know, comes out on the, on the side of the road and, 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 and spooks the horse. And the horse is, is taken off and, and it's going down this narrow ravine and, and close to these cliffs, and he can't control this horse. And he, he forgets about his, you know, little thing he's set up with the horse. And he's trying, he's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he goes, hey, that's right, amen. And the horse, and it stops right on the edge of a big, huge cliff. He looks up at heaven and he goes, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> that, that was a joke, by the way. Didn't actually happen for those person in the back there saying, oh, the poor preacher. <laughs> All right, that's right. That's where Taylor gets her jokes from. <laughs> she got a good looks from her mother, so I had to give her something, so... <laughs> 2 Timothy 2 verse 10 says, So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. There are three important principles in this verse that I want to expand on a bit more in today. And um, three thoughts about being selfless, about being willing, and about being purpose-driven. So in this verse, the Apostle Paul was selfless he was prepared to endure much for the sake of others that God has chosen, not focusing on his own benefit. He was willing, Apostle Paul was willing to endure anything that God had called him to do, and he was purpose-driven. The reason why the Apostle Paul was willing to endure for others was because the purpose that God has given him to bring others into salvation eternal for, for Jesus Christ was burning in his heart. So, this is the purpose that God has for everyone who knows Him as their Lord and Savior. And as Pastor Graham said, if you're in the room and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, at the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to Him and to know Him. And there'll be an opportunity for you. So steal your heart, open your heart for that. And for those of us that know Him, I want you to open your heart for the call of God upon your life today because God wants to flow through you. And maybe you've experienced God flowing through you. Maybe it's been a while, but I'm telling you the best is yet to come. God wants to flow through you in this next season like He never has before. And I'm kind of quite excited today 
um, for a number of reasons, but I really feel that God put this word on my heart. This is a sermon I've never preached before. I prepared this sermon on Monday and Tuesday this week, and uh, specifically for your church. And it's a fresh word for you, a prophetic word over this church that God put into my heart for you. So I encourage you to hear and to receive what God would say. You see, God is looking across the earth for willing-hearted people, people who are focused on the purposes of God to help bring others into his kingdom. 2 Chronicles verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So as God's eyes are looking across this congregation this morning, I wonder what he's seeing because he does look at the heart, as, as Pastor Michelle said, he looks at the heart, not just at the outward appearance. And as he looks, what does he see in your heart? Does he see a selflessness, a willingness, a purpose-driven heart? Or does he see other things? I believe that there is a call upon this church to raise up men and women, younger and older, to be carriers of something powerful from heaven to be birthed here on earth that will fulfill God's purpose and expand God's kingdom in this next season. I really believe that. And so we're gonna take a moment to talk about how God uses people to birth his purposes here on earth. I'm gonna talk about birthing for a minute because I think we enjoyed, you know, Christmas with a new baby being born. Let's go back to Christmas. So. And, um, and it's kind of weird because I, this, is, this is kind of like a bit of a Christmas message in March, which is weird because as a pastor, pastoring now for the last 24 years, every Christmas you come, you got like two chapters to preach, a whole month worth of messages. And, uh, and so I don't waste them usually in March. But this is a, God, a word that God gave me for your church, all right? So I may preach this in my church back in December sometime. And, um, but I, I know this, that this is certainly what God wants to speak to you today. So let's take a moment just to talk about how God uses people to birth his purposes on the earth. John 1, verse 10 to 13 says, He came into the very world. This is Jesus that he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Everyone say, a birth that comes from God. There's a birth that comes from God. And firstly, we are born again, right? And again, you'll have an opportunity to do that before this time is up today. But there's also things that God brings through Christians. He births things through us for certain, certain seasons and certain times. God not only wants to, to birth in you, but he wants to birth through you. And I want you to hear this today. God through you. Uh, he wants to birth amazing things. It could be businesses. It could be a church. It could be connect group or life groups. It could be a ministry. It could be something that God wants to birth through you. He wants to use you as a vessel. What could God birth through you in your lifetime? He wants to birth something great. July 1998 was an interesting time. Michelle and I were just got set apart as assistant pastors in Redcliffe Christian Outreach Center, now known as City Point Redcliffe. And we were assistant pastor. My father was a senior pastor of the church at that time. And we just got set apart. Literally that night, we got set apart. When you get set apart, you got like two years, you know, and then you're going to get ordained. We come home, 
And I said to my wife, I'm fairly newly married. I said to Michelle, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I've got to leave the church. I felt so guilty about it. It's my dad's church too. And I just got set apart as assistant pastor, the only assistant pastor in the church. And, and so we, we were set apart. I got this stirring, such a stirring in my heart to leave the church. It was such a, I can't even explain what it was, but it was such a burning sensation. I have to, and, I, and, I, and, I, and so I looked around. I, 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 was, I don't know how to understand what was happening to me. I looked at the other churches because I didn't want to leave COC or INC because I grew up with that. It's my heart. I didn't feel to go to that church. I didn't feel to go to that church or this church. I said, Where, what is God doing in my heart? Exactly, or I think about nine months later, in first Sunday of April, 1999, we started our first Sunday service in Morrisville Christian Harry Center, now known as City Point North. And I realized, and God was showing me that he was using me, that nine months was a pregnancy time. He was using me to birth his purpose on the earth, to birth a church. That time in July 1998 when I sat at home and I was so conflicted in my heart, I don't know what was happening, I realized that I was spiritually conceiving a church in my womb, in a spiritual womb. At the time, Michelle was pregnant too. So I was telling everyone, yeah, she's pregnant, I'm pregnant too. You know, we're both pregnant. Unfortunately, two weeks before the church was pioneered, Michelle lost a baby. And, uh, and, and we were saying, God, why would that happen? Just two weeks before we're about to, but God had his purpose and his plan. And we brought a puppy and then she got pregnant again with our firstborn, Jaden, and pregnant again with Taylor. And, uh, but it was, and God blessed us. But in, in all of these moments, I remember the honor and the blessing of God using me, that God would even use us is beyond my imagination. And so God wants to use you today. He wants to use you, and what could God use you for? There's so many stories that I haven't got time to share today. Um, our, our first Sunday um, was in the Morrifield Community Center. We only could ha- have night times because the mornings was booked out with another church. I couldn't find anywhere to start. I knew it was Morrifield, uh, a kibbutz area. And, um, and then, we, and then we, um, we, our first Sunday mornings were at Centenary Lakes outside, and, the, and we had like in the park, and um, because we couldn't have any, any halls, so we just started in the park. And um, we, had, we had about one month at home. He said, at home, we had one month of life group at home. And then I was just sick of that. I said, let's go and, you know, our first members were like our neighbors. We went next door. Literally, how do we start a church? We went next door. We, we moved into the area. I knocked on the door. I said, I'm, my name's Jason. My wife, Michelle. We come to the area to start a church. And uh, they said, that's interesting because we haven't been to church for about five years. We're thinking about going back. This is a young couple about our age with no kids. We had no kids. They came and they were our first members. They stayed in the church for 12 years. And then we had another lady across the road that came. We went and knocked on her door. She came over and, and she stayed for the first few weeks. And then the house burnt down and we never saw her again. Sometimes people stay. Sometimes people move on. And then we had other ones come. Our first home group was 10 people. Our first Sunday service was 36 people. And then we went to 30 people. I thought at this stage we have no one left about five weeks. And then God blessed us and grew. And within 10 months, we had 100 people coming into our services. And it was just God was beginning to build and establish. And, and it was the grace of God all the way through. But I want to say this, that in the end of it all, it's a case of a couple of young people. I was 25, Michelle was 22, and we're pioneering this church. Don't know what they're doing. And, uh, and God built something amazing. Anyone here born in 1999? Give me a wave, 1999. Well, yeah, that's, the, that's, that's how all the church is, right there. Because I was born in 1974, which is the age, the, the day that our INC movement was started. So I'm as old in the movement. That's, that's, that's my claim to fame. Pretty cool. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. God through you. 
Number one, God flows through a selfless you. God flows through a selfless you. If you want God to use you in his purposes, he flows through a selfless you. I want to focus on Mary and how God used her to birth Jesus today, all right? And uh, hence the Christmas theme. And uh, 2,000 years ago, childbirth was fraught with danger. Thankfully, Jesus was born in a stable environment. Oh, I didn't realize that was a joke. It just came out. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's read it through. Luke 1, 26 and 27 says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So here she was. Mary had a plan for her life. She had a good man. Joseph was a good man. I'm sure he was handsome. I'm sure he was, uh, he was, he was well equipped as far as, you know, he had a job and, and, and he could be a good father and a good husband to her. And, and she had a plan. She was betrothed to him. She was going to have babies with him, the whole thing. And, uh, and she could have been very self-centered about her, but God wanted to use her to birth something that wasn't actually for her only, but for the entire world. God wanted to use Mary not just to birth children for herself, for her to have kids, but for all of mankind. The other selfless thing about Mary giving birth to Jesus was that Jesus was born to be a sacrifice for all mankind. And so the day came when she had to watch her own son be crucified on the cross. When, Jesus, when God uses us as vessels to give birth to his purposes, there may come a time when you have to let it go. Because God's using us as vessels. It's not ours, it's his but we understand that that means it's a selfless focus. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, he speaks to Mary, his mother, and tells her to look at one of his disciples who's next to him, next to her, which is John, one of his disciples, John, the son of Zebedee. And he says, hey, this is now your son. And he says, she says to John, this is now your mother. And at that time, actually, John took Mary on into his home, it says in the Bible. You can find that in John 19, verse 26 and 27. He brings them into his home. And so right here, Jesus is realizing, hey, there's a, here's a my mother that gave birth to me, but I'm actually living for my father's will. I remember when, I, when, we, first, when we left this church after pastoring for 12 years, and, uh, and, and, and I actually grieved for two years when I left this church behind. Not, not because of anything else, and it was just a normal reaction it was a private thing, and I didn't make it public at all. It's probably the first time I've spoken about it publicly today. But God, but God it felt like at the time that God had called me to, to raise up a child, give birth to this child for 12 years, and hand it off to a stranger to look after from now on. That's what it felt like. But I realized it's not mine, it's God's. Because when you're being used for God, there's times to give birth, and there's times to let go. I knew that I couldn't say anything because I didn't want to be detrimental for the church moving forward. And, and, and so it was really important that, that we just do whatever we can, whether it be saying nothing or whatever we can help to support moving forward. And I'm so thankful now. I'm so thankful that it was, it was privately difficult at the time. But at the moment, I see a great church before us growing so I know there's been battles and ups and downs I know there's been challenges every church goes through them it's impossible to no church is perfect you're so close but no church is perfect almost there but here's the thing is that we have to sometimes understand that there's a bigger purpose than what our own needs and our own selfish needs are our own need for identity or whatever else it is 
I've learned a lot about church transitions. I'm gonna do a message at some point called Mountains and Holes. Because <laughs> there's mountains and holes in every transition. Usually the outgoing pastor talks about all the mountains he left behind. And the incoming pastor talks about all the holes he inherited. And the truth is, they're both there. They're both there, right? Out of our insecurity, we speak, even as leaders sometimes. But I know this, is that God gets the glory. Amen? He gets the glory. All right. But here's the thing. God is looking for people who are willing to birth blessings for many others, not just for themselves. God is looking for selfless vessels. Selfless, not selfish. Some Christians are all about God and self. God is looking for Christians who are all about God and others. See, God and self-Christians, they love the Lord, they love God, but God and self-Christians say things like this, I love God, but can't stand the church. Or why can't we sing songs at church that I like? Or, or why can't the pastors see how anointed I am? Or, or I'm happy with my, my couple of friends at church, let others get around the new people. Or, or, I, I, know, I, I know many people who don't know Jesus, but I'm not an evangelist. Let, let evangelists get around the unsaved people. They're what I call God and self-Christians. They generally love God, but somehow they've missed the heart of God. The heart of God is generosity. It's to be generous to others. And so when you really do, if you really do love God, you have a heart for others as well. How can you not? Their Christianity becomes focused on their own personal walk and never reaches beyond the outs to the outsiders. There's outsiders across in our community that need to know Jesus. However, God and others Christians say things like this, I love God and I love the church. I can listen to worship songs all week for myself. And Sundays I pray that the songs sung at my church are open the heart of others towards God. If I like them, that's a bonus but not a necessity. I'm available and trust my leaders to place me in a ministry where I can be the biggest blessing for others. I am always on the lookout to welcome new people at church and make them feel at home. I am committed to sharing my testimony and my faith in Jesus to all of those who are outside the kingdom of God. They're God and others Christians, not God and self Christians. Which one are you? Because if you want God to flow through you, then God flows through a selfless you, not a selfish you. Be a God and others Christian today. Number two is this, God flows through a willing you. He flows through a willing you. Luke 1, verse 28 to 33, goes on to the story of Mary. It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. The next four verses in this passage, there's more dialogue which I'll bring in the next point, okay? But ultimately in verse 38, we see that Mary offers herself willingly for God to use. In Luke 1 verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A willingness. Are you willing to be used by God? You've got to be selfless and then you've got to be willing. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood because of the pressure that was before him. But he got to the point where he said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. 
And in that moment when he did that, he was able to even go through crucifixion. And, but but that, that led to resurrection, praise God. You can't get resurrection without crucifixion. If you, if you, if you want to find the power of God without crucifixion, it's just the healing power of God, not the resurrection power of God. You've got to die to get resurrection. And so God, I find in the willingness to really be willing for God, it does take a death. And I know we're talking about death in the communion today. But the truth of the matter is, the Christian life is not about rights and wrongs. It's about life and death. And it's all about that. Everything, dying to self, letting go of these things, and saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. And then when you do that, you rise up again in new life. It always ends in life, even though it begins in death. All right. Number three is this. So a selfless you, a willing you. Number three, God flows through a purpose-driven you. So you are filled with the Holy Spirit for a purpose, not just for an experience. We are called to be purpose-driven. We are not called just to be experience-driven. I want to read these next four verses that we skipped in the passage showing the conversation between Mary and the angel Gabriel from Luke 1, 34 to 37. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. This is for the young and the old today. Everyone in the room, no matter who you are, Mary or Elizabeth, God can use you to birth great things through. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. I can still remember that night in July 1998 when I felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. I didn't know what it was. I was, very, I was kind of ignorant to the whole thing. I didn't know what was happening. I just knew there was a stirring, such a stirring. I pray that stirring may come into people today. Maybe it'll come this year, maybe in months to come, but at some point a stirring will come and God will begin to birth something afresh. Who knows what you'll conceive in the Holy Spirit today? The Holy Spirit came upon Mary, not just for her to experience the Holy Spirit, but for her to fulfill the purpose and the plan that God had for her life. The Holy Spirit is an amazing gift to us as Christians. Who here has experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in their life? Give me a wave. You love the Holy Spirit. So if you have, my next question is what have you done with that presence and power of the Holy Spirit? Let's be accountable to it. It's okay to enjoy the experience. Oh, it was a great meeting. It was a great worship. It was a great conference. It was a great camp. Oh, so wonderful. I sense the tingles in my spine and, the, and God just touching my life and all that stuff is wonderful and great. Praise God for the experience, but what do you do with it? How is God going to use you? It's okay to enjoy the experience and to feel empowered. Sometimes we do need a refreshing. Sometimes it's been a tough season and we need the Holy Spirit just to come and bring life. I understand that. But at some point, You've got to grow into the purposes of God that it has for your life. There are tens of thousands of people in this community who are living on the outside of God's presence. And we have been entrusted to be carriers of God's own presence, the gift of the Holy Spirit within our lives. God desires earnestly to flow through a purpose-driven you. The challenge that I have found is that many Christians experience are experience-driven and not purpose-driven in their walk with God. 
enjoy the experience, but understand there's a purpose here. The awesome thing about being filled with the Holy Spirit is it makes you contagious. Have a look at this next part. Luke 1, verse 39 to 45. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, have a listen to this. Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? And when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do that, what he said. Mary didn't do anything. She didn't do anything weird. You know, when she saw her relative Elizabeth, she didn't wave her hand like a Jedi master. She didn't make a whooshing sound as she walked to the door, whoosh, received the Holy Spirit. She didn't whoosh. It wasn't be received. She walked in and said, hello, and full of the Holy Spirit. Just with hello. God can use you. You don't have to be weird about it. You're just going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It comes out of you. You're filled with it. Your words, what you speak, who you are, comes out of you. It's so powerful. The Holy Spirit is the active part of God on the earth. He hovers. He waits. He's looking for willing vessels to flow through, to show God's power, to fulfill God's will. Right at the beginning of creation, we see the way God works through His Holy Spirit. Have a listen to this, the first four verses of the Bible, Genesis 1, 1 to 4. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Come on. The world was dark and empty, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface, overshadowing it, and then suddenly a light was birthed that separated the light from the darkness, and the earth was never the same again. Thousands of years later, the world was once again dark with sin and empty without hope. But the Spirit of God hovered over a young virgin called Mary and overshadowed her. And suddenly a light was birthed and his name was Jesus. He separated the light from the darkness and the earth was never the same again. Today, yet again, thousands of years later, much of the world around us is dark with sin and empty without hope. But the Spirit of God is hovering over the surface of men and women, younger and older, right here in this room today. He is searching for selfless, willing, and purpose-driven vessels so he can flow through to birth his purposes on the earth and bring the light of Jesus afresh into the communities of our world. Right now he's hovering. Would you be bold enough to be used by God so he can separate the light from the darkness through you? Let's always remember that the great light that we carry is from God and we are just the clay vessels and God has somehow graced us and entrusted us to carry his marvelous light. My last verse this morning is this. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, we now have this light shining in our hearts but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. So remember this, God flows through 
Number one, a selfless you. Number two, a willing you. And number three, a purpose-driven you, God through you today. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? We love you, Lord, in this place. We worship you in this place. As heads bowed and eyes are closed, hearts open to God. I said at the beginning of the sermon that I'm going to give an opportunity for those that maybe don't know Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior to know Him. And so today, I want to invite you to make that decision. And, and as simple as this, the Bible says that if you, if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. There's a turning away. There's a, there's a repentance. It's like a 180 degree turn away from this world and towards God. And acknowledgement is important. So as a church, it's important that we would give an invitation. So today, if you're in this room and you know that your life is not right with Jesus, you know you need to make your life right today, then I want to invite you today to start your life with Him afresh. Pastor Graham's already prophesied over Maybe you came in cynical. But if you're open today, it's not a pastor or a man speaking to you. I believe God is flowing through and speaking to you. So today, if your life is not right with God, you've never given your heart to Jesus, or you've loved Him, but you've walked away, and you need to make your life right today, if that's you, would you just raise your hand and give us a quick wave across the room today, if that's you.